Welcome to Real Estate Coaching Radio, starring award-winning real estate coaches and number one international best-selling authors, Tim and Julie Harris. This is the number one daily radio show for realtors looking for a no BS, authentic, real-time coaching experience. What's really working in today's market, how to generate more leads, make more money, and have more time for what you love in your life. And now your hosts, Tim and Julie Harris. We are moving on to the exact plan in the order which we think you should be doing it of how to list 22 homes in 2022. Now, I want to start out with um, a little bit of a refresher for most of you, but for some of you, this is going to be new information. It is called your lead generation wheel, and this is a big part of Harris Rules, our book. I think, Julie, what is it? Our first rule, second rule. It's right in there. It's in the beginning because it's so important. It is, right. So if you've not purchased Harris Rules before, it's available at every major bookseller and minor bookseller at this Mm -hmm. point. And it's also available, obviously, on Amazon, which will get the book to you the quickest. And also Audible for those of you like Julie and I who like to listen to books opposed to read them. We're just that lazy. Uh, But anyway, so Harris Rules is definitely something all of you guys should be listening to, consuming in whatever format you choose. Now, the lead generation spokes, or the spokes on the wheel analogy, is something Julie and I created probably over 20 years ago. But here's the concept. Draw a circle. You can do this in your mind if you're on your, I know a lot of you guys listen to us when you're exercising or you listen to us when you're driving. So, you know, draw a circle. And in that circle, the end product is going to look something like a, um, a wagon wheel and a wagon wheel or a bicycle wheel, but it's going to have multiple spokes. That's really, really what the carryaway from this is going to be. A spoke is going to represent a source of business for you. And the more spokes you have, the stronger your wheel is going to be. So if you're rolling down the road and you have a one spoke wheel, which is typically what most agents have in that one spoke wheel nowadays is uh, buying leads, usually buying buyer leads and or um the uh, centers of influence and past clients. One spoke wonders is what we call you guys. And a one spoke wonder wheel is going to be the most fragile being, the, get back to the wheels, uh, the the wheel analogy, right? You're rolling down the road with your bike. That front wheel has only got one spoke. You hit a little pebble in the road and all of a sudden that wheel collapses and down you go. We don't want that to happen to you. You don't want that to happen to you. That's the reason you have to have a stronger wheel. And to make this really practical, the more spokes you have on your wheel, Uh, the stronger your wheel is going to be. And each spoke you want to try to make not dependent on the other. And so we're going to walk you through the logic behind how we went about formulating all this. But really the gist of it is, is that you need to build a source of uh, several sources of business that are not going to be um, like, say, for example, you are, and again, we're not advocates of this whatsoever, but you're uh, one of these agents that's been um, only been buying buyer leads. And you're listening to Tim and Julie Harris for the first time, and you've never heard anyone tell you not to buy buyer leads. Well, you're now realizing that buying buyer leads has become very much an act of futility, and you're looking for alternative paths forward other than buying buyer leads. Um, so what happened if you only had that as your only spoke, and you're now seeing that buying buyer leads has become oversaturated, the referral fees are too much, the whole thing is just rotten business. Business and you don't want to do it anymore, and that's all. The, that's the only thing you know how to do. You see how that spoke just broke and you just fell on the ground. So what you need to do is you need to have a spokes and you need to build the spokes in the right order on your wheel. And each of these spokes, like I said, can't be overly dependent on each other. But most importantly, and this was the point about me talking about buying buyer leads, your spokes have to be predicated on you being a proactive lead generator, and that means you cannot be buying the leads. Buying the leads uh, will always leave you vulnerable. It's and again this is another Harris rule. 
but when you build your mansion on land you do not own, uh, why you know what's going to happen when the landowner decides to take the land back? Your mansion is going to be his as well. And the same thing happens with all of you guys who are building your business based on buying your business. And that goes for any kind of, you know, frankly, YouTube, Instagram, any sort of social network marketing, any kind of buying business. Any business bought in any forum is always going to leave you vulnerable, always going to leave you juggling, always going to leave you vulnerable to any kind of fluctuations or undulations with the sources of the business in which you're buying. Does that make sense, Julie? It does, absolutely. So let's start with one of my favorite spokes in the wheel, where, again, this series is all about how to list 22 homes in 2022. So be sure to listen to the previous calls that go along, I'm sorry, previous podcasts that go along with this. So first one, we're talking about spokes in your wheel, expired listings. Now, expireds are at the top of the list because of the following several points. First point, they clearly want to sell, and many of them have to sell. These are the listings you're looking for. Yesterday, we talked about the difference between want to sell and have to sell, and the difference between sellers that have to sell versus buyers who never really have to buy. So expireds, many of them do indeed actually have to sell. In other words, keeping the home is not an option for them. We like listings like that. Okay, so the next reason you love expireds is you know what's probably the wrong price. Your comparative market analysis, your CMA is much easier to do on an expired because it's been market tested. Next point on expireds. The agent that you would have competed against, the one that they thought would get the job done, who they probably already knew, is now probably out of the picture. Now, so in some cases, you're still competing with them, but many times they're out of the picture. Right. When you guys become prolific listing agents, you're going to realize most of the time your best competitor is not the other great realtors in your marketplace. It's whoever that agent or whoever that seller has who maybe sold them the house or they're just their buddy and their golf buddy or something like that. Now, if their golf buddy also happens to have their act together and be one of our coaching clients, then you have a real good competitor. But for the most part, you're going to find the agents who are overly dependent on centers of influence and past clients when they are competing against somebody who actually has a skill set and organized approach to business, other than just basically leveraging your friends, your centers of influence, your past clients, those agents are almost always the easiest to beat. Now, they're easiest to beat when it comes to the expired listing. Because if, for example, if Bob and Betty listed their house with Steve, their agent that they just know and maybe their kids grew up together or whatever, Steve got the listing first. Steve didn't sell the house for whatever reason. Bob and Betty are ready for a change. And Steve would have gotten the listing again. They would have just renewed the listing with him. But now he's, they're given an option to list with you. And you're following our uh, essentially our listing process. And you are now going to be a more viable alternative for them. And and you will get the listing. How do I know that? Because, you know, I was going to say millions. I can't really make that claim. But tens of thousands of you who have been following our listing process, our, our coaching program, who have been using our scripts, you've experienced this. Now, I want to say something because some of you are going to make all kinds of excuses why not to go after expireds. Julie just hit on the high buttons, right? You know what the price isn't. The sellers are going to have had the market beat them down a little bit, so they're going to be more receptive to maybe doing the things they weren't willing to do at the first listing That's agent. Right they're right. They're willing to pay. Um, you already know they're willing to pay a commission, and maybe the first agent discounted the commission to get the listing. Well, the second agent's not going to have to discount the listing or the commission because of the fact that that seller now knows that they need an agent who's actually going to get the job That's done. True. It doesn't. They're not so. 
I don't know what the word would be. Cocky was the first word that popped into my mind. But really, well, what, confident, really. They're, they're, well, they're knowing now that they need to take a more, I would say, uh, aggressive approach to getting yes. the property sold. More careful approach. Because the market's rejected their house. That's I mean, right. That's and effective. you know, the, here's the thing. You make a good point about that. No expired ever thinks that they wouldn't have sold. When yeah. they put the sign in the yard, when their agent puts the sign in the yard, that they never believe that there's any way that the house isn't going to sell. And, and in today's market, they mostly think it's going to sell right away. Now, let me tell you guys something about um, expired listings in particular. There is a lot of psychology that goes behind just having access to the phone numbers. Julie and I do give you three different companies that we recommend where you can get the phone numbers from. So you don't have to go to the MLS and you don't have to do all the research and you don't have to do all the cross-referencing. There's three different services, uh, Red X, uh, Lead senders there's um, uh, you know there's different ones mm -hmm. and they're not hard to find and you can go and use one of these companies they'll go then go into your MLS every day and they'll find the new expired listings and they'll send them to you so you can then follow our scripts and our pre-qualifying process and you can start setting listing appointments it really is after you get past and not like I said the psychology of actually calling an expired Julie just touched on something when you're dealing with an expired their first reaction is sometimes um, it's fear-based, basically, because in a hot, the hottest seller's market in the history of humanity, right? Ever since yeah. the first caveman decided, hey, you know what? It's better to sleep in a cave. <laughs> Let's put the cave on the market. Let's put the cave on the market, right? Yeah. Every, the, I mean, maybe that housing market was hotter than this one, but probably <laughs> not by much. Yeah. But the reality of it is, is the seller knows the house didn't sell in this hot seller's market. They're not going to necessarily react in, in a way other than fearful. They're going to be embarrassed. And now, if this is their personal house... That, that they uh, that they've been in for a long period of time and it didn't sell and they still live there and you and it didn't sell trust me when I tell you they're going to be very embarrassed so you got to work on the psychology some of you will start uh, calling expires and you might even you know you uh, might use our scripts but you haven't actually taken the time to understand truly the comprehensive nature of what goes on behind the scripts it's one thing to read words it's another thing to understand why the words on the scripts are there and the nature of how they're all laced together because when you do you're gonna win and all usually what it takes like if I hear somebody uh, maybe one of you guys will ask for help with an expired script, and you're you know you're going to ask one of our coaches, or maybe somehow it's going to show up uh, in my orbit, and I'm going to call you back, and we're going to do a quick role play. What I'll hear is too much reading and not enough listening. What I'll hear is not enough repeating and uh, a, a confirm or affirming what they say. What I'll hear is you just trying to get back to the script and not ebbing and flowing a little bit with with what they said and what the real connotation of what they said. But here's the good part, seller always say the same damn thing and they say it in the same order it's almost like they're they signed up for their own coaching program because it's so predictable when you read our scripts it's going to give you usually one or two or three different options of what that seller is going to say and how do we know it works because we've been doing this for so long I mean, I said this yesterday, and I love to say it as I, as I say this. I love to look at Julie because her eyes roll so hard. I think she's going to knock herself out. But, I mean, Julie and I have a combined age of over 100 at this point, and we've been in this real estate business for over 25 years, and this is what we did to sell thousands of homes. And this is the first spoke that, you know, people ask us, Tim and Julie, if you guys were to get back into real estate, what would you do? Number, Number one, one, expired. Absolutely. And let me give you a quick example of this, because sometimes agents in their, you know, excuse roulette wheel will throw something out like, well, if, if you couldn't sell it, why would I want it? Right. 
And so one of the script questions is, gosh, what happened? Why do you think the house didn't sell? And this is very telling. I'm going to give you a real quick story from one of our agents in Indianapolis, okay? She used that exact script. She got to the point in the script where she said, gosh, what happened? Why do you think the house didn't sell? Now, she was calling on a million two listing in Indianapolis, which is all the money, right? One of her strategies is she calls from the most expensive to the least expensive because she knows the higher up you go, the fewer calls they get. Okay, so you just gave some advanced information. So when you're, those of you are in action, you're calling expires, what most of you will do, and you do this, it, just listen to what we're saying here. Don't start with the least expensive listing uh, that is sent to you by one of the expired services we recommend. Start with the most expensive because there'll be few, most agents will be intimidated by calling more expensive houses. Very true. Okay, so you got to start with the top and work your way down. Yeah, so to take our indie girl uh, example, you know, a million two in India is about like 800,000 in California. So we're talking luxury for it's, that market. Julie, truthfully, it's probably half. I bet yeah. you in California, a million two is, well, think of it. You know what it Starter. is. It's some little dent condo, basically, right, exactly. depending on where in California. Well, I'm just, so I'm just painting them a picture. This is, this is pretty high end for the area. So she's starting at the top of the list. She calls, she asks, gosh, what happened? Why do you think the house didn't sell? And you know what he said? He said, I know I didn't sell. Because I had a price too high. Okay. <laughs> he actually said that to her. And she said, tell me more about that. Right. Keeping in the conversation. He said, well, it just so happens that at the time that this started as a listing, I was building and about to close on my $2 million house. And I didn't want it to sell too fast. So I put it a little bit high on purpose, thinking if there was somebody who was going to actually pay a million too, well, that'd be a good reason for me to move. But now I know it's not worth that. He said to her, now I'm carrying two mortgages one for you know a million and a half and another one for 800,000. He literally said, I will do anything. Tell me exactly what to do. What's the right price? There are, now you might be listening to this in replay in 2064, okay? But here we are in, two, in January of 2022. There are th millions probably, tens of thousands, hundreds of thousands of homes in the United States that were taken off the market late last year and are being put back on the market in a new market. They are, in other words, they're going to be entering into new market dynamics because interest rates are rising and the all sorts of, you know, things we've talked about, the headwinds that are going to adversely affect the psychology of most buyers. Still going to be your best year ever, so no worries there. We're not in any way pessimistic about real estate right now. We're incredibly optimistic. But the truth is, is a lot of sellers, they have essentially missed what would have been the best opportunity for them to sell their house last year. Uh, now they're putting their houses back on the market. Why would they list with the same listing agent? They're going to be more apprehensive because they see all the changes and they're reading all the news. You have an opportunity like probably you haven't had an expired in the past 10 years right now. Now, I'm going to address another thing, and you have it right there, Julie, mm -hmm. is a lot of you are going to say, Tim, there's no expireds in my market. Your market has to be more than a mile radius around your house. Okay? That's right, or your favorite market. Right. Your, ha your, your market has to be your entire MLS. Now, if you're in LA County, Maybe that's too far away, but you get the idea. And if you, so put, you got to push out quite a ways. Move away from when you're deciding to be a, an expired hunter, move away from the idea that you're only going to specialize in one geographic area. You can, by the way, be an expired hunter and list expireds all over your marketplace and be a specialist in one particular area. One thing that's does true. not automatically uh, you know, remove the opportunity for you to do the other. But look for the expireds in your overall area. You adjust accordingly, decide how far you're willing to drive. Mm -hmm. You know, five miles in L.A. is going to be two hours, right? right. I you mean, I get be, it. You have to be willing to take good care of the client and service them properly. If it's too far out of that wheelhouse, then you'll end up being the one with the expired. That's right. And the other thing is go back a year. 
Go back maybe in 18 months and look for old expireds. Old expireds, nobody calls, which is incredible. Um, and I, look, guys, my head is f uh, filling with uh, emails and texts and people giving us thanks for telling uh, them to go after old expires because that's where they started to pick up momentum. Go after the expires. That's the first thing that if Julie and I are personally coaching you to do that we would tell you to do. And the second thing, Julie. Yes. Well, so here's the other thing. I've been talking to agents all day. And by and large, their inventory levels have been shrinking by 25 to 50% since before the holidays until now. Now, how many of those are off the market? Because they said, I want to wait till after the holidays. I'll put it back on during the spring. So it's not just expired. It's also temporarily off the market withdrawns. Depending so, on their MLS, Depending right? on your MLS. So right. know what your MLS rules are. But don't write off the fact that you have very little inventory right now to the fact that there's just no inventory. That's because there's a whole bunch of people that took a break during the holidays. Right. So as far as scripts, as far as the listing process, go back and listen to the um, past podcasts on the seven-step listing process. We're only, because we only have you guys for a half hour a day, we're only able to give you an overview. If you want the drill down, obviously consider moving forward and doing the smart thing and becoming a coaching client. Julie Harris, number two. Yes. Okay. So number two, your own past clients and centers of influence. Even if you're newly licensed and you don't have past clients, you still have your friends and family, your sphere of influence. But for many of you, you do have a vast past client list. So otherwise known as your database, statistically, when you have a regular and real, when you're having regular and real conversations with your list, 10% will either do business with you or refer business to you every year. So this could be 10 of your 22 potential listings that we're talking about if you have 100 people in your database and you speak with them regularly at least once per quarter, but ideally once per month. Don't get mad when another agent lists your, with quotes around it, past client if you're not making the effort. Now, let, let me put some color to this. I like how you said this. I like how you said the most important thing like three times in there, but I wonder how many of them are actually yeah. listening. Well, you mean about actually talking to them? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's not enough to just have a database. It's not enough just to drop off tchotchkes and garbage at their house. Or to and email them. No, or send them little cute videos through BombBomb. I mean, all that stuff is a supplement to doing the real work of real estate. And if you don't do the real work of real estate, all that passive stuff isn't going to work because you think Bob and Betty Smith over on Oak Street are only getting solicited by you. But you are wrong. Oh, they're in your centers of influence and past client lists, but they're also in 10 other agent centers of influence and past client lists. And I promise you, you're going to be the only one, especially if you're one of our coaching clients, who's actually going to pick up the phone. Now, remember, as a coaching client, we tell you what to say every single month when you call them. We give you scripts. We give you conversation starters. You don't have to wing it or think of this on your own. It's going to feel natural and easy for you to pick up the phone and have these conversations. These are sales conversations in the loosest sense, truthfully, guys. We want you just to stay in front of them, and we want you to remind them you know, that you're here to help if they need help. You're going to be bringing something of value to them every single month when they call. And I don't mean physically, I mean informationally. You're going to give them some useful information. You're going to give them something that's actually going to make them feel good about owning a home and possibly owning more homes. And over time, typically one or two months, they will start reciprocating by giving you leads. That's how it works. But if you guys are dropping off rain meters and you're dropping off forget-me-not seeds in April and you're doing the calls, well, that'll make the calls even better because then they're going to say thank you. But if you do not want to do the tchotchkes, which frankly, you do not have to do the tchotchkes, then do the calls. If you have to choose for sure. <laughs> okay. So 
Point number, well, let me just hover a little bit on this this past client center of influence list or database for our agents that have a big list. One of the conversations that we're having lately is because there's really low inventory, some of the buyers that they're working with, it's so competitive that they're losing out. Even some of, you know, some of you guys that are really strong on your offers. So when you've got thousands of people on your past client list and you've got a buyer client, who also probably is a listing client and they can't find anything. And you've got 3,000 people in your database and they only want to live in, let's say, 12 Palms, right? And you've got four past clients in 12 Palms. Call them and see if you have a match. Well, call you can them completely as, control the deal. Right. And, you know, have a normal conversation. Follow the script outline we give them. And now you've got extra ammo because you're looking for a house for a real buyer. Mm -hmm. But you ask the question this way. By the way, who do you know who's thinking about buying or selling that I should be helping in this market? Or as you become less dependent on buyers, who do you know in this market who's thinking about selling that I should be helping now? And you be more aggressive and focus on the sellers. And then you'll start discovering that everyone knows someone who's thinking about selling. Everyone but most of you, frankly. I mean, it's, <laughs> isn't that funny? It's, it's because you have to talk about it the way they do. Do you remember before you got your real estate license how you trip over real estate leads? And now once you have your real estate license, you don't want to talk about it with people anymore? You guys notice that? <laughs> Why scary. is that? Why are you creating this fear in your head about having a conversation about real estate? It's because your ego is telling you that you have commission breath and they're only going to start seeing you as somebody who's a taker. But the exact opposite is true. I'm here to tell you when you are a true professional at anything, be it financial stuff, be it, you know, it doesn't matter. You pick your category and you do not bring that up to people when they're talking to you. They're going to think that you are not interested in doing business with them. In other words, if you're not having real estate conversations, and I'm not saying having commission breath, but I'm saying having a conversation where you're asking normal things, use our scripts, and then you, by the way, who do you know who's thinking about buying or selling that I should be helping in this market? If you don't ask that, you actually are kind of sending a, a mixed message in their head. They know what you do for a living, hypothetically, and you're not asking them for help. You are supposed to ask for help. They know you're supposed to ask for help. You're not asking for help. They must think that A, you're lazy, B, too busy, or C, that you basically don't want to do business with them or any of their friends or family. You guys get it? So you create these problems in yourself, starting in your own head, starting with your thoughts and your ego telling you not to ask. Bob and Betty will send me the business automatically. After all, our kids are on the same swim team. Nope. No, they won't. You have to ask. That's right. So point number three on our lead generation wheel, another favorite new build salespeople. You see how I'm alternating between different uh, avenues so that they have some variety here. So new build salespeople, I had a conversation with an agent about this today. These are the salespeople who sit in the builder's model homes and write up all those new construction contracts. So these are the new build model reps, right? So use our new construction plan if you're a premier coaching member. And by the way, we have podcasts all about new construction too from the past to meet those new build reps and get their resale referrals. When someone builds with them and they have a home to sell, what happens to that lead? That new build rep is not listing that property nine out of 10 times. This is a fantastic lead source because you can have one new new build salesperson contact who sends you multiple leads per year. What if you had five new build salesperson relationships? This is a gold mine. Almost all of our coaches do this, for example, because you know our coaches are all licensed in selling and most of them are brokers. So the conversation went like this. This, this was a new thought for the agent I was talking to about going after some new construction. And the initial thought is, well, what do you mean by that? I mean, the builders around me all have new build reps. That was, that was the end of their thought process, right? So the first thing you do when you're getting into new construction is 
really become friends with those new construction reps because the thing is, if they're not licensed, you can't, you don't pay them a referral fee. Well, That's they also aren't allowed to usually list resale. Exactly, because and, they're an employee of the builder. Right, so the, they can't list the resale. So when they have someone walk in the door that wants to do a new construction build, um, they and the person has something to sell. Those new build reps, what are they doing with those listing leads? They're referring those to probably the agent who brought them a dozen don uh, donuts last week. That's exactly how it works. <laughs> donuts. That is absolutely. You know what? I just realized something. Literally how it works. There's, there's you, you know, normal currency and there's crypto. And there's and then, donuts. And there's a thing that powers the real estate industry, donuts. For sure. <laughs> For sure. Okay. Now, if they are licensed, you can send them a referral fee, but most of them are not. Most of them just work for the builder. And why do they want to send you that business? So that they can trust you to get the house sold because that's attached to the deal that they wrote. And I don't know of any builders that accept home sale contingencies now, or at least not for very long. Why would they? They don't have to. Yeah. You know, so this is a great relationship and a nice byproduct of getting to know those new build reps is when they have a new construction house fall apart because somebody didn't get their house sold or they didn't get approved or whatever, they're not really relocating there. That is inventory that's probably never going to get into the MLS. And you can have those relationships to know about their pocket listings. Do you mind if I give them a little advanced coaching on oh, this? Go ahead. So here's the way that I would handle this if I were coaching you personally. And I think Julie will concur on this point. First of all, in this day and age, you have to have some sort of iBuyer system in your back pocket to really woo these new builders. And I'll t this is the exact conversation all of you must be having. So you're going to go to the new build reps and you can get join your local BIA, you know, Builders Internet. I don't even know what the hell it stands for, but it's your Builders Association. association yeah. yeah, there's an association, there's a builder, what the I is, I really don't know. But you're going to join the local builders uh, association. You're going to get a, uh, essentially a list of all their members. You're going to get a list. And then you're just going to start driving the um, essentially the largest of the circumferences around your house as you can. Learn where all the new build is. Get to know all the new build reps. You're going to start then befriending them. Just start there. Get to know everyone. Don't take too damn long to do it because it frankly shouldn't take that long. For example, if you know there's 10 new builders that are all available in your area, go to their websites, go to the individual neighborhood, go to the individual neighborhood's uh, website, and then look to see who the sales reps are. You've got their emails. You've got their phone number. So don't make this so damn hard, but it's good to obviously know the new build construction. And it's good to finally meet those people face to face. And then you can follow our system that we created that's, guess what, part of the coaching program where we'll then teach you how to create relationships with those new build reps. But one of the main things is that these new build reps are going to want to hear you tell them is that you have an iBuyer program or the old school way of doing it is say you have an investor that will purchase every single house that their prospective build clients have that need to be sold. That is going to give you an unfair advantage against every single other agent. Now, you are probably don't even have access to a program like that. You don't have somebody with an unlimited amount of money who is going to buy pretty much every single property that you ever present to them. So you are a disadvantage when you're following this idea, aren't you? That's the reason, one of the many reasons, frankly, that so many agents are joining eXp Realty because eXp Realty gives you that exact tool that I just described. Called Express Offers. Called Express Offers. And you can also use that when going on listing appointments. You know, you can use that when a seller's thinking about for sale by ownering. You can use that for a seller that's thinking about maybe they're comparing you against Open Door now that Zillow is, you know, no longer in the business. You 
can, you're about to lose a listing to open door. The seller wants just to sell the house at a discount. You can go in there and you can say, Mr. Seller, I give you two options. I can offer you something similar to what open door is offering you because I'm an EXP agent and I have express offers, or we can go the route that's going to net, net you the most money. Why don't we put the house on the market and we'll retail it and we'll try it for 60 days. And if after that amount of time, if you choose to have me uh, run it through express offers, I will, then you can be cashed out within 30 days. It's a great backup plan. It totally is. But it's this, essentially a guaranteed sale. It is. A, well, that's what we called it. I mean, right. when Julie and I were in real estate, we had we did this exact thing that we're talking about. If a seller was moving up to one of the houses that we had listed, and again, it's a house we have listed, we would guarantee the sale of their house in typically 60 days and we'd buy it for a discount. And the discount work usually worked out to be about 12 or 15%. We had quite a few people that would call us to do that, but very few people that did it because like four in the thousands of homes we sold, maybe five, mm -hmm. because their houses already sold and we didn't have to actually have to buy the houses. Well, so don't miss the point, listeners. There's two things with this. One is what Tim just mentioned. It's a great lead generator that you have. Totally. That. And secondly, it is a great objection handler and competitive advantage when you're up against other iBuyer deals, even if they're just curious about it. And they say, well, I don't want to list with you yet until I find out what, you know, Open Door has to say. You and I were just in North Carolina. We were driving down to Atlanta and we were flying out of the big, massive, ridiculously, insanely large airport there. <laughs> and everywhere there, we saw Mark Spain billboards. Everywhere. And, and Mark Spain's billboard only said essentially, uh, I, I don't remember the exact words, but the gist of it was, is I'll guarantee the sale of your home. And he even may have said 60 days or 90 days. You, and I know Mark Spain is, I think, the number one agent in the United States or is right up there. Thousands of home sales every year. I, you have to assume if he's spending that much money on billboards advertising a guaranteed home sale, you have to assume that his that has to be his number one lead driver. Yes. It has to be the biggest source of business for him. And if you're an individual agent, if you're for a smaller medium team, you're at a disadvantage unless you have your own iBuyer program, unless you can actually get these houses bought by an investor pool. So do seriously consider becoming an eXp agent. And yes, of course, Julie and I are associated with eXp. If you'd like to join eXp Realty and you're looking for sponsors, they're going to be incredibly proactive in your success at eXp. Please do consider Julie and I. Let me make this clear. We are formally applying for the job of being your eXp sponsor. We're sponsoring a lot of teams, a lot of brokerages, but we'd love this just as much to sponsor individual agents or even new agents. So any and all, please consider Julie and I as your sponsor at eXp Realty. Text me directly, and this is my real cell phone, 512-758-0206, 512-758-0206. For those of you just getting started and you're curious about eXp, that's good too. Um, here's all I need you to do. Go to YLibertas, and I'll spell it in a second, YLibertas forward slash Harris, YLibertas forward slash Harris. It's W-H-Y-L-I-B-E-R-T-A-S dot com forward slash H-A-R-R-I-S. So by the way, the word libertas means freedom. And freedom is one of the reasons, well, pretty much the main reason that so many agents are joining eXp Realty. So if you're interested in joining eXp Realty, we would love the opportunity to earn the right to be your sponsors. All right, Julie, you want to get one more point in? Let's see if you've got to bring them back up. All right, perfect. So also on the top list, number four, for sale by owners. Yes, you knew I was going to say it. When the market is hot like it's been for so long, there are always plenty of unrepresented owners. We don't call them FISBOs here at Harris Coaching. We call them, call them what uh, they are. Unrepresented owners because statistically, virtually all of them end up listing. That's right. Most of them give up in the process if it's not sold in the first two weekends. That is a fact. There are luxury priced unrepresented owners in today's market as well. 
This is a great opportunity because many of them have not yet bought, so it's not one transaction, but it's at least two, could build, you could be involved in that, and or downsize or upsize purchasing with you. Now, one of the best things about for sale by owners has to do with the most complained about thing by agents who love to have an excuse. Oh, I can't find a phone number. Well, here's a seller who is handing you their phone number. Well, no more excuses. But Julie, isn't that just, I mean, you've, we've only gone over four and we've got a lot more that we're going to share with these guys. Mm-hmm. But that's just the awesome thing about these first, you know, four that's examples. That's why they're on the top. No, right. None of them cost any money to generate. And yeah. all of them are obviously self-identified motivated. as being very motivated sellers. Exactly. But how insane is it that you guys will drive past Fizbo's on your way to the office to spend $5,000 and <laughs> you know half your commission for a referral fee for a lead you're going to buy? Does that even intellectually make sense to you? You guys think for sale by owners have been taking night classes to learn how to Fizbo. You think Fizbo's absolutely have it out for the real estate industry. And you think Fizbo's, now this might be true in some parts the world. If you walk into their property, you're going to meet you at the end of a double barrel. Okay. But for the most part, none of those things are true. You know, adjust accordingly depending on where you are in the United States. The most part, FISBOs are uh, wanting obviously to list their house. They're on their way to being very motivated, not quite as motivated as they would be in say 30 to 60 days. But the number one reason that FISBOs uh, FISBO is because they do not know a real estate agent. So really all for sale by owner is, sign is, it's just a help wanted sign. Help wanted. I am looking for a real estate agent who is going to be proactive in getting my property sold. Would you please come and knock on my door? By, by Would you way, please call me? Number. Yeah, by the way, here's my phone number. Right. And you guys are fearful of calling FISBO. So let's, I, we told a story. It's so true. Where were we? We were in North Carolina, right? I, I don't know which story you're talking about. Lowe's yeah. recently. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. We're in Lowe's in North Carolina. Yeah. And guys, this has happened to Julie and I, like, probably. Uh, almost in a- every time we go to Lowe's or Home Depot or someplace like that. It's kind of like our ongoing quintessential joke because it's so true. Yeah, yeah. So w- this is what happens. This is, um, you know, we're, I don't even remember. Who cares what we're buying, right? So we're in this long-ass aisle. You guys have all been we're in We're buying Lowe's. garage lights, of course. Oh, yeah, that's right. Yeah. LED lights, you're right. So we're in this long aisle, and then there was – and I was just basically locked in looking for different LED light options. And then and then Julie comes up to me, and she's, she's acting like she's looking at something on the, you know, on the, on the wall. And she goes, look at that guy over there. Look at that. And I look back, <laughs> and there's this, you know, sort of rotund fella who is basically picking through all the FISBO crap. He was, there was this, this little, it wasn't even an end cap. It was maybe. It was like the FISBO section of the aisle. Yeah, it was the FISBO yeah. section. He was picking through the signs and he was looking for a corrugated one. Oh, this one's yellow. This one's white. How Ooh, does the steak work? How does the steak work, right? This one comes with a, a wide tip, you know, permanent pin. This one comes with, a, he was going through and shuffling through all of it. And he was just thinking about which FISBO sign he was going to buy. And then he decided evidently that they were all too expensive. And he just went on and looked at, I don't a even pin. know what, uh, your, your mailboxes or whatever. But the point was is that's usually the entire amount of time that a for sale by owner puts <laughs> right. into the process of thinking about fizzboing. They were there to buy light bulbs and they were tripped across the fizzbo section. They said, what the hell? I'll give it a whirl. That's, that's it. That's right. And the thing is, he was probably there because he's sprucing up the house for a sale, right? And if he does go back to the fizzbo aisle, I mean... It was almost too work, too much work already. But right? we, we we couldn't walk away. Now we are a distance away, but we couldn't walk away because it was so funny. Because it's funny to us, hopefully funny to you guys. How much agents are fearful of calling fizbos, and that's exactly your typical fizbo right the there. Time. You could almost make that a spoke, like hanging out at Home Depot in the fizbo aisle. <laughs> I just remember. And just give them, a, give them your card. <laughs> I just remembered something else. I remember when you and I used to call for sale by owners, mm-hmm. right? One of the 
one of the excuses the FISBO would use for not listing with you right away right. is they just took out some sort of little sketch ad. I know. I just some spent a hundred bucks on the paper. I just listed in FISBO, well, maybe paper, but usually it was FISBO.com or whatever yeah. the hell it was. And I just bought my sign for $14 or whatever. And so well, I want to give it 30 days because the ad runs out in 30 days. And I just spent $14. Well, how much was the ad, Mr. Seller? Well, it's $75. And how much? So you got what, about a hundred bucks wrapped up in this whole FISBO thing? And he goes, yes. And I go, well, I'll tell you what. At closing, I will rebate you $100 so we can get started today so we don't miss the market. Objection handled. Exactly. And then, then they're like, yeah, okay, if you're going to make up. You know, but that's it. That's the. They're, they're not like tried and true, like agent haters or they, like you said, they haven't gone to some for sale by owner school about how to deal with agents. It's none of that. They're just trying. They're trying it out. They're going to. In their head, they're going to save a little bit of money when, in fact, if you're a Premier Coaching member, you can go to our resources and use a very robust report, which proves that if a for sale by owner actually sells on their own, they take longer and actually net less. That would be you being educated about it. So if I can sell your house for the same or more than you can do on your own and handle all of the process and well, hassle don't, in the don't, meantime. Don't right? jack up the script. So basically, Julie was summarizing one of the, it was the fourth question in the script. And so... Often, this is objection handling that they think they're going to net more. Often, right. Often we're asked why, how did we sell over 100 houses our first year in the business? I would say 75%, maybe 65% were listings. Yeah. And I bet you they were all for sale by owners. Almost all. Yeah. I don't think we listed a single expired. Or for, well, maybe we did. A few a, center of influence, but mostly. Fizbos. Yeah. yeah. And we just go knock on the door. Yeah. And one of the scripts we, you know, knock, knock, knock. And yes, you have to overcome or call, right? And, and calling's more efficient. But they'll do have a buyer. And, you know, you all these reasons that you guys are fearful of calling them, all the questions that they ask, they always ask the same questions in the exact same order. But to give you a little advanced coaching. The number one thing that you have to overcome when you're listing or trying to list Fizbos is the seller's ego. Is Okay, here's another story. True story. Julie and I are in a restaurant in Georgetown, Texas. Georgetown, not a fancy town. Those of you guys who are in Austin, just drive 30 miles north. You'll know what I'm talking about. Very nice little town. Very nice little restaurant. And we're sitting maybe two tables away from this younger guy, I would say, maybe, you know, 20, early 30s. Mm-hmm. And he's sitting there with his wife and his, I'm guessing, his mother-in-law or his mother. One of the two. It was just three of them at the table. Do you remember this? I think so. And he was, and, and the mom and the daughter or the mom and daughter-in-law were talking, or you guys get the point, were talking about um, listing their house. And this guy was so prideful in how he was going to Fisbo. And he was going to put the sign in the yard and he had this plan and he had thought it all through and he'd done a spreadsheet and he knew what the comps were and all the rest of it. And the two ladies were like, okay, whatever, Bob, let's get this past us so we can get the house listed. But I just was sitting there list- listening and Julie and I didn't sell real estate then. And I was just thinking that I wouldn't necessarily have gone up to him in the restaurant because that was still that guy was still at peak ego. But he, this is proof if if you needed proof, if you needed validation, that the reason that most sellers try to FISBO in the first place is their ego. So you have to move past that. If you just use facts about statistics, they're not going to think they apply to them. So if you just say, Mr. Seller, didn't you know the average for sale by owner uh, sells for this percent less than a house listed with an agent? Mr. Seller this, Mr. Seller that. Those objection handlers don't work with most sellers, the most for sale by owner sellers, because most for sale by owners, sale owners, they don't care about numbers. They just care about being right. Now, if Especially you, in the beginning. If you understand the psychology of that, 
and you essentially allow them to feel like they won by listing with you, you're going to win every single time and have an unfair advantage in the marketplace. Now, this is the fourth question. It's out of sequence, but hopefully you guys will understand the gist of it because you're going to always get, or I'm not saying always, 50% of the time you're going to get some ego-bound seller who's going to want to just basically prove it to the world that he can sell the house. Yeah. You have to give them that sense of satisfaction. First of all, let me give you guys a couple of what we call zingers. And these are copywritten, so don't steal them. Um, Mr. Seller, listen, I have no question in my mind you can sell this house. You've done a great job conditioning it, and damn it, that for sale by owner sign, if in your front yard, if it's not the best sign I've ever seen in my life, I just don't know. I'm going to take pictures on that. That's my new Instagram photo. I really like the balloons you've got on that thing. I'm trying to make you guys laugh. You get the point. Great home brochure, conditioned right, priced right. You've done everything perfectly. Mr. Seller, I have no doubt in my mind that you can sell this house. Now, if you say all this in front of his wife, you're even, this is going to even happen faster because that's what he wants. He wants the sass. And by the way, it's always a dude. I'm, always a dude. I'm, I'm not trying to be non-politically correct by making it a non-gender specific. Experience. It's almost always a guy who's yeah, basically causing true. this you know, problem of trying to fizzbo. Mm -hmm. So you got to give him that credit. You, you're going to win. You're a winner. You've done it all right. And then you say, but let me ask you a real quick question, right? You pride, you build them up. You, the wife might be recognition. Pat, recognition. The wife's yeah. patting them on the back. And then you say, but Mr. Seller, let me ask you a real quick question. If I were to bring you an offer and the offer a matter exceeded your expectations and the check that I give you at closing is, is you know, obviously meets or exceeds your expectations by a large margin. And I take care of all the hassles with the buyers, all the legal hassle, all the dealing with the closing, the inspectors, the appraisers and the appraisers nowadays, Mr. Seller, let me tell you, they're sticklers. I deal with the other agents. I deal with, you know, neighbor issues. I deal with legal issues. I deal with everything. And the check I hand you at closing meets or significantly exceeds your expectations, Mr. Seller. Why wouldn't you list the house with me? And here's what they're going to say. Assuming you set it up, they're going to say, well, I would list the house with you. And I, okay, well, if you can prove to me you can do all that, this is the other variant of what they're going to say, then I will list the house with you. And then you give them the pre-listing pack that we give you as a coaching client. And then the pre-listing pack an answers all their questions. You don't have to know how to answer and overcome all their objections. We've already done it for you in the pre-listing pack. You don't have to be expert level listing agent. We've done it for you in the pre-listing pack. We'll by using our pre-qualifying process and our listing process, you will make the pre-listing pack that and that FISBO want to list with you. That is all it is. It's just basically giving him a sense of satisfaction for having won. And by winning, he's uh, getting the, you know, again, the satisfaction of making the decision to list with you, even though he knows he could have done it himself. Well, see, that's, that's the key, right? What you said, what you walked them through there is golden because where agents go wrong and what turns them off and they think, oh, FISBOs are just so difficult is because they don't do what you just did. You were not argumentative. You were the opposite. You were complimentary. You were on their side. And you're not trying to bullshit your way in the house by saying you have a buyer right. unless, of course, you do, right? We're not suggesting you do the... The other thing, <clears throat> I see this in the industry all the time. The way you're supposed to work with the FISBOs is you're supposed to bond with them or you're supposed to drip on them or you're supposed to Ugh. torture them with a billion follow-ups. The FISBO doesn't want that. The psychology of the FISBO is they listed, they didn't list with somebody because they didn't know somebody. If you give them the ego satisfaction of selling and you can show them that you're, they're going to actually win at a higher level, especially financially, after you've given that ego satisfaction, you're going to get the listing. And the other agents who are following these you know, asinine long-term follow-up programs with for, for sale by owners are going to see you come in and you're going to start picking those sellers off, those FISBOs off with one or two contacts. That's what this is all about, guys. That's exactly it. So, 
All right, so listen, here's your call to action. Here's what you should be doing. If you're ready to join our coaching program, go over to timandjulieharris.com, click on Premier Coaching, and join. It's not that difficult. You can join uh, for around $100 a month. If you're ready to join eXp Realty, Julie and I would love the opportunity to be your sponsor. Text me directly, 512-758-0206. In the meantime, have a fantastic day. Oh, by the way, do um, like this uh, video. I got to get this right, right? On YouTube, do like it and subscribe to the channel. We'd really appreciate that. And if you're listening to us strictly as a podcast listener, do give us a five-star review and uh, please do give us great comments. It really does help to motivate us to really amp up what we're providing for all of you guys. Do not slow down. The year has just started. Do not slow down. This will be your best year ever. We'll talk with you on the show tomorrow. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.